0: Welcome back to Young Smart Money, show number 23 with me, your host, Apple Kreider. The show where we bring on young people who are doing cool stuff, either financially or entrepreneurially, and we break that down for some best tips and tricks for you and what you can learn from their journey. Today, we have a bit of a different episode because we're not exactly bringing on an entrepreneur, we're bringing on more of somebody who is working on a startup, but didn't actually start the startup themselves. So we've got a guy by the name of Brett Billick on the show today. He is working for the company Self Lender, which we're going to get all into in the show. But basically they're a company that works with people who have low or no credit in order to help them build their credit without actually using a credit card or or, or getting high interest loans. So they're a really cool company. I've actually, I've heard about them. I heard about them a while ago and I was really interested in them. And then I ran into Brett at uh, FinCon which was a conference that I went to in Orlando a couple months ago and we, we really hit it off and I was like, man, you gotta be on my podcast. Like you, you really, you guys are doing a lot of cool stuff over at self lender. So we're having them on the podcast It's and, and their company, it's really more of an unconventional way to build credit, but it's really, it's really cool and it doesn't cost money, uh, at least not very much money. So it's, it's a great way to build credit and we're going to get all into talking about why, why credit, but why building credit is important and how you can actually start building your credit with what they do or without what they do because you, you can really choose your own adventure when it comes to building credit. But without further ado, let's bring Brett on and get into the show. All right, Brett, thank you very much for joining us today on Young Smart Money. Could you give our audience a bit of a background on who you are and what you're all about?
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Brett Billick and I uh, am at Self Lender. Um, uh, I live in Austin. Self Lender is basically a, a company that uh, helps people build credit, um, which is a story that's important to me as I've gone through this. Everybody has credit, credit, credit score is incredibly important to your future, to your life. And uh, I know the first credit card I got when I was in college, um, uh, which was a local co-op card for my university. um, And I know how important it was even back then. And so um, the story of this company is really has always been really interesting to me. And and we are out there trying to help the 130 million people that um, have low or no credit.
0: Dang. All right. Well, I dig it because I mean, my main audience here and most of our listeners are going to be high school and college students who are either just starting to build credit or haven't even started yet. So that's sort of the way I want to frame the conversation here. And sort of I want to help these people who are listening, really get a feel for a why they should be building credit in the first place, B how to build it and then see what that's going to get for them in the long term. So first of all, can you just start with why building credit is something that's important? Why it's something that young people should even be thinking about in the first place? Like what's What's, what's the why here?
1: Sure. So I would say credit is kind of like um, it's the financial equivalent of being healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you talk about things like, hey, am I eating right? Am I exercising? Am I taking care of my body? Am I thinking about um, how I can uh, continue to be healthy in my lifestyle? Credit is the core of that when you think about your financial future. I like that analogy. The reason it is is because – every institution looks at your credit score from the time you first try to apply, no matter what your age is, if you're 18 years old, mm-hmm. to when you're 70. It is so important and it stays with you for time. It's basically your forever resume, right? It's, it's always with you. Um, and it is an indicator of how healthy you are in terms of how you manage your life financially, what the different products you take out the different length of time how you make your payments um, how you're, you're utilizing and we can talk some more about the factors later but yeah um, it is such an important number it's it's kind of crazy how it's developed into being so important over time and it's been developed by FICO is sort of the main one most people would hear about um, it's just become such a core thing to number one getting access to products like mortgages, like being able to even lease an apartment, like being able to um, actually get a car uh, mm-hmm. uh, to um, when you move on from accessing those things to actually getting the best rates possible, to getting the best terms possible, uh, to not have to pay crazy APRs on things and not have to sort of Take hard-earned money and savings, and just put it into interest rates, right? And that's really what's important. And there are lots of things I can share later in terms of the amount of money you can save with having good credit, but just awesome.
0: something that stays with you forever,
1: right? Yeah. So that's why that's
0: that's really essential. Now, how early do you think people should start thinking about their credit? Because I mean, a lot of people that I talk to. Aren't actively building credit in college because they think it's a tomorrow problem. They think it's something that they can focus on when they're when they're twenty five, when they're thirty. Um, but when when do you think people should start building their credit?
1: So my advice is as soon as you possibly can, mm-hmm. and there are ways to do it. Um, the reason is that once you the earlier you start the clock ticking on your credit and having good credit or good, good history, even though you may not have a lot of history, you may have not a lot of products necessarily that you're utilizing. Sure. You don't have a mortgage yet and all those things, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, you start the clock and when you start the clock and you start to create that good behavior that shows up on your report, it will affect you down the line when you're ready to make the move. A lot of the, mis- the biggest mistake we see from a lot of customers is why they come to us to help them build credit is that they are at that age of sort of call it 26, 27, 28. Sure. Looking to get the first mortgage or they're renting an apartment, or whatever the thing might be, and they get declined. And they kind of say, oh, why am I getting declined? I didn't realize. What is it about my story, my credit on why I got declined? Well, what am I going to do about it now, right? Yeah. And obviously, um, I want to help them as much as possible. It doesn't matter where you are on the curve. But my advice to everyone is – get started early. Think about it as early as you can. It's the same It's it's the same kind of thing as when thinking about saving money. The earlier you save it, the more it compounds over time, right? Um, and investing your, your dollars, no matter whether it's a dollar a day or 50 cents. Yeah. Or, it adds up. You started early it adds up. Yep. So what
0: is, so you said as, as a young person, as a college student, as a high school student, I'm not going to have a mortgage. I'm not going to have Probably a car loan, either. So, what, what do you recommend is the first? Do you think credit cards are a good way to get started building credit, or, or what would you say the best tool is for, for a young person to start building their
1: credit? Yeah, so I would say um, one thing is if you have the opportunity to go to your parents and be co signed.
0: Mm, that's a big one.
1: That's a huge one that can help you get your name on there, start to establish history. Um, can you talk a bit about what that actually means to get,
0: get co signed with your parents?
1: So, cosign is um, uh, essentially if they are have an outstanding loan, for example, um, they would be able to put your name on that loan. It, the The loan is being uh, the terms of the loan and the access is based on their credit history and their credit report. Okay. By putting your name on there as well on the loan, it means that whatever happens with that asset, that loan, or credit card in some cases, whatever else it might be, will be reflected on your credit p- report that you also were making payments on time, that it helps you. It opens up a trade line, which is what they'll call mm-hmm. it the FICO that can really have an impact for you because it kind of starts the clock ticking. Um, it's a, uh, co-signing is a risk to the person who's making the decision to co-sign of course. So absolutely, they have to make sure that, that, uh, they're doing it with you and, and, and uh, um, you won't mess it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but uh and it's just, there's a similar story in terms of authorization, adding adding authorized user on the credit yeah. another way of doing that. My advice though on that is um if your parents or if you have uh if you have folks in your life that have more experience and have the ability to co-sign and you trust them, whether it's your parents or someone else, mm-hmm. um that's a great opportunity to start it. It's a great opportunity to start it with loans. Um credit cards are good to have, but credit cards also require another layer of discipline. Yes. Because if you have a credit card, you're able to use, and obviously you want to pay it off as much as you can. You don't want to let those interest rates increase and, and uh, have that balance outstanding all the time to where you're losing 20, 25, 30% um, over the course of a year, which is actually a higher effective loss to you Yep, um, that uh, can get you into trouble, right? So I think that's the, that's the issue. Um, there was a uh, card act that came out uh, a little over ten years ago that mm-hmm. actually um, kept the banks from targeting uh, college students. Yeah. because a lot of college students were taking out credit cards, but they weren't actually really really able to manage them correctly and were getting behind on the payments, and it was kind of creating the wrong story for them. So, credit cards is the way to do it. Authorization credit cards is the way to do it. You just have to be careful. Perfect. So as
0: far as becoming sort of co-signing or becoming an authorized user, what you you mentioned credit cards, but could parents also do that with something like a car loan or a mortgage? And would that be a good idea? Or do you think credit cards are are a smarter way to go there?
1: I'd say car loans and mortgages are the the better way to go. That's Okay. um there are different types of vehicles, for example, right? There's personal loans, there's mortgage loans, there's car loans. Mm -hmm. You know, car loans tend to be three to five years. They're shorter duration than you would have from a mortgage that's a 30 year loan. Yeah, Loans are really a good way to do it. Um, uh, And I think it's um, uh, given the fact that they are three to five years also makes it a little bit easier for someone to swallow to say, Hey, it's okay. I'm going to put your name on there as well. And then you can kind of get the benefit over the next few years of being on this loan. It's going to do the job that we're, that we're trying to accomplish here, which is start to build that credit history. And then when you're ready to start taking out more products um, and uh, you're in college, coming out of college, et cetera, then you're going to have the opportunity to kind of um, take out things in your name.
0: Perfect. So what about the downsides with this? So obviously, um, if your parents maybe aren't paying on time, um, could this actually have the potential to hurt your score as well?
1: Absolutely, it can. Yes. So that's the thing. That's the rub when you become a, when you're co-signed on is you're relying on um, the person you're co-signed with to make the payments on time and to behave responsibly with uh, the loan or the credit card. So, um, you know, in some cases, that means that taking on the action to be the sort of creating positive history, you have to be the enforcer. Right. You have to be an enforcer and make sure that they're doing what what uh, they've signed up to do. And in some cases, look, I think you can um, uh, just an idea potentially is that say, hey, if you co-sign, put me on your loan, co-sign, then I will contribute to it on a monthly basis. I will make my own because I'm going to I want to be able to do this myself long term and I want to be part of the story. And so I'll add $10 a month or $20 a month or whatever else it might be that makes the most sense um, to be able to do it.
0: Interesting. Interesting. That's a cool way to approach it. I hadn't thought of it like that before. Um, so what, what would that conversation look like with a parent? Like what, what does that entail from them? What do they have to do in order to get you on? And like, how, how would you sort of frame that conversation with them?
1: I would go to them and say, uh, how important has credit been to you in your life? And get their <clears> One, I think have the conversation about credit. Yeah. Um, just open it up, start, start that way and say, let's talk about it. Um, I'm starting to learn and realize that this is really important. I want to think about my financial future. Um, I have an idea, which is, hey, maybe I can be co-signed on your loan. What do you think about that? Um, I think having that conversation, opening up, is just the, the best starting point anyway, mm. because then your parents uh, uh, may have the idea of well, here's another thing that you could do. Here's another idea that I've got. Here's a mistake that I've made, right? And just it's about education and conversation.
0: Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to learn too because most people don't even have these money conversations with their families. I know I didn't until very recently have any kind of credit related or money related or anything related discussions with my family. And there's just a wealth of knowledge there and experiences that if you're not taking advantage of that through having these conversations, you're, you're really just neglecting that and you might just make the same mistakes that they did. Yeah. Um, So now moving into sort of like the how. So besides becoming maybe an authorized user or a co-signer on one of your parents' accounts, what are some of the other steps that a young person could take to start building their credit?
1: Well, um, there's a a couple other ways to build credit. I would say uh, the second one that comes to mind, I I think for most students or, or folks who are in that realm now, it depends on when you need it and when the loans start because with federal grants um, and, and a lot of the loans that are out there um, for student, a lot of student loans that are out there, usually you don't have to start paying until six months after you graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> those are good for your credit history because they, they do start the clock as well. Um, usually people come out with a decent amount of student loan debt, right? It's a, the average is I think it's 30 to 40,000 per student. Yep. Um, you may not be able to start that when you're 18, but that would be something you start when you're 21, 22 years old. Um, that absolutely has a positive effect on your credit score if you are the one that's paying back your student loans and kind of taking that responsibility. So that's the second thing that I would say. Um, the third thing uh, is um, very much what our product is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's called a credit builder loan. All okay. right. You could actually find credit builder loans in at your local credit union. Really? Offered. Not all of them offer it. Um, Some of them offer credit builder loans. They usually don't talk about it a a whole lot because they're sort of thinking about bigger financial products um, uh, like mortgages and auto loans and all that stuff, right? Um, A credit builder loan is essentially um, a small dollar installment loan but instead of getting the money right up front, you actually put it into a certificate of deposit and you make payments into it over time. So as you make those payments over time, in our case, we report those payments to the credit bureaus okay. and it publishes payment history for you at the end of the 12 to 24 months, you then get those savings back. Mm. So 35% of your credit score is yeah. based on the payment history. Okay. So, um, I can walk through some of those factors later, but that's incredibly important part of your credit score is just that, are you making payments on time? So credit builder loans are a really good way to do that. It's a, uh, not many people until recently had heard about credit builder loans. And, and certainly in our case, we are, we offer a nationwide credit builder loan um, and self lender. But like I said, there are local credit unions as well that can offer you and credit unions in general tend to offer better rates than you may find in the larger banks out there um, across a variety of products. So it's not a bad idea anyway. (laughs)
0: um, I was going to sort of explain that in my own words as you were lending yourself money, but then I realized that your name was self lender. And then I sort of, that's, I I get it. Um, (laughs) And that really does a good job of explaining because really what you're doing is you're, you're lending yourself money, right? You're putting away some money in the bank and then you're adding to it every single month is that is that correct
1: yeah so it is it is meant to to create a disciplined process okay um uh essentially you're forcing some savings you're forcing a nest egg yeah because hey we um, and we have different different pricing plans there's different ways to do it but let's say you'd like to put 500 uh you anticipate that you really want to be able to put $500 down in an auto loan in 12 months. Okay. So you want to save the $500. You also know that you need to increase your credit score to get a better rate on the auto loan. Mm, okay. And you say, okay, this is a vehicle. What Our product to this is a the credit builder account is, it's exactly that. It's We're not giving you access to the money right away because it's not about that. It's not about getting $500 tomorrow and using no. it. It's about making your payments paying yourself essentially and then at the end of that term you get the money back and and again like I said that's the most important thing that that is um, the highest percentage thing on your credit score is payment history so that's uh, that is what partially what we're solving there are other aspects of it that that our product helps in terms of old score but that's one of the biggest pieces
0: perfect do you want to talk about some of the other other categories that go into your credit score and other things that that young people should be focused on it improving?
1: Yeah. So one other thing things that I, maybe what I can add to a fourth way to build credit though, before oh, perfect. Yeah. Is through secured credit cards. Okay. Cool. Um, Do you now,
0: want to explain what those are? Okay. Oh, you're already yeah. on it.
1: <laughs> so, so, uh, secured credit cards are basically, um, it's a credit card that acts like a normal credit card, but what happens is you have, you're putting money up front,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to create a credit line on your credit card. So, the, the current offers that are out there, the minimum typical is that you would have to put up $200 up front, okay. goes, goes into your credit card account. That is your credit limit. Interesting, and okay. Then you can use the card over time up to that limit and make payments um, throughout time. So it is, um, the reason why it works so, so well, particularly for people who are new to credit, is that um, like the credit bill or loan, it's an easier product to get access to uh, because if you go tomorrow and you try to apply for a, uh, a normal Capital One Freedom card or, or sorry, Chase Freedom or a Capital One card, um, a lot of times you won't get approved for it because you don't have the credit history yet. Yeah. So the, by putting money up front with a secured credit card, your approval rate is higher. They still look at your credit score, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't solve that completely. Um, but it then gives you uh, a credit card, revolving credit line that you can you can use, and but you need to make sure you use it responsibly at the same time, right? So um, it's different in a way than a credit builder loan. Credit builder loan doesn't require you to put any money up front, really, other than a very small sort of a ten dollars fee ish thing. Okay. Uh, but secured card requires some more money up front. But it also can help you build credit over time.
0: Okay, so with the secured card, basically, what that would look like is say I went to like Discover. And if I gave them $200, they would give me a credit card, a secured credit card with a $200 limit that I could use as a normal credit card. And then do I ever get that $200 back? Is that a fee that goes to Discover? What happens to that
1: $200? The $200 is refundable. It's okay. your money. So um, if you decide that you want that you want to close that account down the road, you can certainly take that money out. Um, you, If you want to add more to it, if you mm-hmm. want to credit line you can put more money in over time. Now in the long term a goal for anyone should be to get have multiple accounts across uh, the types of credit but with credit cards for example you want to be able to build your history over time to where you get a higher credit limit and the higher higher the limit is the better it is for your score but I I can walk through that's one of the aspects of the five things that are on your credit score. but a secured card like that is, is a good example where initially start with $200 or so, add when you can if you want to increase the credit limit. Mm-hmm. Don't utilize it too much, don't spend too much, don't spend all $200. Be careful on the APRs, right? Um, pay your balance as much as you can. Um, but you're establishing, again, you're establishing payment history, you're establishing responsibility in the eyes of fight. and all the credit. Uh, guys that
0: are out there all right perfect um so those those are your top four sort of ways to get started so can we just run through those one more time first is becoming like a co-signer or an authorized user on one of your parents accounts the second one um can you remind me what the second one was
1: uh the second was uh student loans
0: oh student loans of course yep yep student loans the third was um, getting a, a sell, not, uh, lending yourself money through a credit builder loan. Is that what it's called?
1: Credit builder loan, which would be self lenders nationwide, but you also have some local credit unions that may have the, have the product as well.
0: Okay. And then the fourth one would be getting a secured credit card where you put up that deposit up front and then you make those payments over time or, or you use it basically as a credit card. And then once you, once you get to the point where you're sort of done with it, then you can get that deposit refunded back to you.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Perfect. Um, so then as far as let's, let's dive into credit cards a bit, because I know a lot of young people, they might have credit cards or they might be thinking about getting credit cards, but they don't really know the best way to use them in order to build their credit in order to not be paying a ton of interest or fees. Um, so can we run through a little bit on sort of best practices with credit cards and how to best utilize them in order to best improve your score?
1: Yes. Yeah, sure. So, um, what I would say with credit cards um, is <clears throat> uh, number one is a credit card offers you, um, credit cards can offer you rewards, they mm-hmm. offer you liquidity, they offer you the ability to pay for something uh, that, you know, sometimes might be hard for you to pull out of your checking account, right? For sure. Those are the advantages of having a credit card and certainly... We all see the credit cards that are marketing like crazy and there's lots of great big, there are lots of good companies that have grown over time and really helped a lot of users and and having good credit cards long-term are always good for your credit report as long as you behave responsibly. Okay. Where we've seen people get in trouble um, is they let the balances creep up over time, Mm -hmm. not disciplined about if you can, my advice is, spend what you're willing to pay off every month. Yeah. That's, that's the most important thing when you get a credit card. Be able to pay it off. Um, if you can manage responsibly to have a credit card where you get some rewards or some incentives and at the end of the month you're able to pay off that $100 or $150, great. That's that's fine. You know that that works because then you're not paying interest and yep. you're managing it really responsibly. What th- what happens though is Sometimes when you're when you're out spending, uh, you know, it could be when you're when you're at the restaurant or you're at the bar or whatever, you may just decide to buy an extra round of drinks, or you may decide to buy lunch for everybody, and that was an eighty-dollar purchase, and it might be a little more than what you have at the end of the month to be able to just pay it down, which then means your balance starts right. Um, if your balance starts, it's hard to get it to stop. Now, a lot yeah. of the a lot of the credit card companies you'll see as you start to um, monitor them and they'll offer that and show you in the payment, in the, the minimum payment, um, they're, they're required. Uh, there's regulatory requirements to show you how long it would take to pay off your credit card by making the minimum payment. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty staggering when you yeah. look at it. uh, it's a lot of interest, right? It is, it's an incredible amount of money. If you let those balances get, kind of get too far away from you. Extremely. Um, Yes. And you know, I I think that's the most important thing for me is the most important advice from credit cards is try to pay off as much as you can every month. Definitely more than the minimum payment. Even if you have a balance that you can't pay off now, definitely do more than the minimum payment. Set that as a goal. Try to do what you can to not let, first of all, don't let your debt increase on credit cards. Debt is not terrible when it's the right kind of debt debt with credit cards is the worst kind of debt to have, right? So yeah. don't let it creep up and don't let it get worse because what what happens to a lot of people is they kind of get in this vicious cycle where um, they may have a credit card that's kind of maxed out Then they want to get another credit card. Then they may say, well, hey, there's a, a balance transfer offer. If I open up this card and I move it over there, but it doesn't solve the core problem, which is no. that they're not paid off, right? And you're just kind of going through this, this cycle of, having this debt that just increases over time. Um, The thing that's really bad about that too uh, uh, is when you really think about um, the other side of the fence of how you can invest and save money and long-term grow your financial flexibility by by saving money and investing in the market at small levels or whatever else it might be. Mm -hmm. You know, the stock market... Um, if you look at uh, post World War II era uh, on Wall Street, the stock market, on average, will get you about a 12% return on your dollars. Mm-hmm. If you look at the typical credit card, the credit card, it's 25%. Yeah. So, you know, if you have all this debt that's over here on the credit card, it's 25%. It doesn't matter what you have over here on your investments that mm-hmm. you're trying to grow over time and compound a long term for retirement and savings and down payments. Because it's not, it's this is always going to eat that up. It's completely neglected, yeah. Um, so that's what's that's what's dangerous about credit cards. Um, if you if you let it go too far, and that's where I think what we find is, you know, people if they get let it go too far, then they end up um, defaulting. It goes on collections. It affects a different a lot of different things. It shows up on your credit report. Um, you know, collections on your credit report. Things that are um, things that are really that's a really good example of something that's incredibly bad a bankruptcy is bad obviously yeah those stick with you for a long time and they just become really large things that you have to try to jump over long term you just can't if you let it get out of let it get out of here
0: exactly uh, exactly so um regarding credit cards my personal philosophy and how i use my credit cards is i choose them as if they were debit cards i Put, I, put, I, I buy something with them, and then within the week, I usually pay it off just because I definitely won't, don't want to get stuck carrying any interest on that, um, or carrying a balance rather, because that interest, it's it's absurd how, how high these interest rates are, especially for credit cards for college students, because we're seen as much more risky than somebody who has an established credit file. So for, for me personally, um, it, it really only makes sense to use a credit card at this point in time if, if you know that you're going to be able to, in my case, pay it off in full because those minimum payments, like you said, it can take you years to, to, to eat away at, at, at your credit card balance if you're just making those minimum payments. And then if it's getting bigger, if you're, if you're spending more than you can pay off every single month too, then it's just compounding and you're never going to get there. So that's, that's, really, that's really essential. And people, I, I tend to tell people that they really need to have the self-awareness to figure out if, if they can trust themselves with a the credit card because there's, there's, there's some people who, who definitely can do it. They, they know how to manage their money well enough to make it work for them. But, but for a lot of young people out there who haven't had that experience before, it, it can be really valuable to either start off with a secured credit card with a, with a very low limit, like $200, like you said, or, or those credit builder loans also sound like a really good option for somebody who doesn't know if they have the, the sort of ability to manage that credit card responsibly. So I think that's, that's, really, that's really key that you hit on that.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and I would say on, on top of that too, one thing <clears throat> that comes to mind for me is, is definitely take the time to set up auto pay yeah uh do not forget to do that because yeah. you know life can be distracting you're off doing lots of different things there's you might you know backpack a summer between your junior and senior year you don't know what's going to happen yeah one payment first of all if you miss a payment your late, late fees are really bad typically with credit yeah. cards they're really bad we're calling 25 dollars plus right mm-hmm. second of all you miss one payment That can right away really affect your credit score. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Because payment history is so important because it's 35%. Missing one, you know, the 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 when you have a credit card open or an instalment loan open or whatever else it might be, they will um they'll report the last 12 months of your payments, right? So they'll show it. So you'll have check, 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 miss, check, check, check on your credit report, and FICO will see it. Um and so um, just take that extra time, make sure everything that you have that you're paying off is on on auto pay. So at least even though you shouldn't be paying minimum, you are mm. paying something and you're not missing.
0: Yeah, that's that that sounds like a really, a really smart idea. And especially, yeah, when life happens, you wanna make sure that this isn't something that you have to be worrying about and then it's just sort of the system is set in place for it to just roll. Um so now I want to talk a little bit about the five factors that you said influence your credit score. Um so we can can we dive through each of those individually, maybe starting with payment history and just sort of how that works.
1: Sure. So um and sorry, we I- can
0: wait for this. Can you hear the fire truck? Oh, I don't hear it. Oh, okay. Well then maybe this mic's good enough to not even pick it up, but a fire truck just went by and it was blaring, so I, I didn't want it to be caught in the recording.
1: Oh, that's okay. Um is it still going or not? Nope, nope, we're good. Um, So, there's five major things. Um, The first thing is payment history. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, actually, sorry. One one thing I should explain, too, is FICO is the most important credit score that is out there. FICO is what about 90% of lending institutions use. Um, You can access free credit scores through a variety of ways. sure. Uh, Lots of good opportunities for that. There's TransUnion, there's Experian, um, there's a variety of ways to do it uh, and different scoring models. But the FICO ultimately is the most important model that is what goes into it's what lending institutions will pull, just so you know why that's so important. Um, yeah. within, your, within your your score, payment history represents 35% of your of your score. So um, again, it's the most important thing is have you paid on time. Have you had any late payments? Uh, if you made any late payments, did you actually, uh, sorry, if you had passed your payment due date, did you actually pay it eventually? Um, do you have any charge offs? Do you have any foreclosures, garnishments, liens? Like there's all kinds of things that go into what a payment, what payment history is, mm-hmm. but it credit incredibly, incredibly important because, um, I think, uh, it is the best indicator that, um, model and these these have evolved over time but is the best indicator of your ability to pay off the thing that you're taking money out for exactly so that's why payment history is just so crucial so just get an idea for our listeners if you miss
0: a payment how long is that going to affect you for is that going to be something that sticks with you for for a couple months a year a few years like what are we looking at here
1: if you miss a payment Um, you definitely will feel, a. you'll, you'll definitely see a decrease on your credit report. It's hard to say how, because it really depends. Um, my, my guidance for, um, my guidance for sort of, if if you're 18 to 24, for example, you're younger age and you miss a payment, it's going to hurt you more because you likely don't have too many other things on your credit report. Exactly. Um, uh, if you're, you know, mid fifties or sixties and you've, you've had lots of different things, lots of loans, mortgages and all that stuff. And you miss a payment might, you know, I would presume that it would hurt you a little bit less because okay. uh, there's other things in your credit score report that are all factors related to it. But certainly, um, it's really important. Um, when you only have a few trade lines open or one trade line open that if you miss a payment, there's nothing else that FICO can see, right? Yeah. They- else and that's what they see now in terms of length of time to get out of it it's a good question um I can't tell you the the exact answer to that again I think it depends on the situation of whether or not you have other other things that you're uh you've been responsible with or on time with you um you're you're with the other four factors for example Mm -hmm. you're wrong you know it may not ding you as much and you may be able to build it back uh to a good level over time um but what's funny kind of to that point, um, the reason why our company started is because our founder actually, he had just gotten married and um, they were on their honeymoon and he did not have a payment on one of his credit cards on auto pay and he didn't realize it and uh-huh. his credit his credit history got hurt and that's, why, that's what made him think, how do I help people build credit? Um, it took him a long time to build that back to where it was prior to that one missed payment. Wow, that's that's. I mean, that's big, and I mean that that's really cool that
0: one one little one little slip up really started this whole this whole operation that you guys are doing. I think that's a really cool story. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what about the next? What's the next uh, category that people should be looking at when they're trying to improve their credit score?
1: Sure. So um, the next one is really about the amount of money you owe. Okay. So Um. Now, when you look at amount of money you owe, it's a little bit of. Uh, The other way people would describe it would be credit utilization. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, if you have a thousand dollar credit card limit that, uh, and you have a, let's call it a $5,000 auto loan, Okay. you know, they're going to look at the blend of all of those outstanding loans that you have or obligations, if you will, from a revolving credit standpoint. And then they're going to say, okay, how much of this is, are they actually accessing and using right now? So particularly with revolving credit, it's even bigger situation of, well, they've got a credit card for a thousand and they have a balance of 700. That is not good. Mm-hmm. right? So the typical, uh, the typical goal most people say is, can you stay At 20% or below in terms of your credit utilization.
0: Okay.
1: So again, this also goes to the factor of, um, it's not a bad thing to have accounts open that you're not using. So if you, if you build over time and let's say you start with a, a secured credit card and then you're able to get approved for another credit card that you're not using right or you're putting on the shelf, that's just more credit line. That's more credits, more amounts that are open and per them, am- amounts that are open, you know, less that you owe, right? Yeah. And so that is a measure of responsibility, which is, okay, this person, we're looking at the amount that they owe, we're looking at what their utilization is, and then we can make a decision for them based on this, whatever the product is, and say, well, they seem trustworthy to, for this mortgage or this auto loan, and and, and or um, how it goes into your score will depend on the rate that you actually get, right? So the utilization ratio is pretty, is really important. It's about 30% of your score.
0: Okay. And going off that, I mean, my, my main strategy with credit cards right now is to accumulate a lot of no fee, um, just basically starter credit cards in order to build up that base. I'm also earning um, some, some travel rewards in the process, but I'm really just trying to establish a base of, of no fee cards early on, which I can potentially keep for my entire life um, because I'll have no, no reason to cancel them. Um, but then really just, I, I mostly just use one of them, sometimes two, depending on, on the situation. But yeah, my strategy with credit cards is build up that base of no fee cards, pay them off on time and added a new one, maybe every six months or so, um, just so that they're not too close together. Yeah. Um, yeah all I right. So, okay.
1: I think that's right. I would say um, it's hard to say exactly how many you should have.
0: That's yeah, right? that's fair. That's fair.
1: Um, <clears throat> there's... Uh, you know, maybe the right number is long term. Maybe it's sort of three to five in some realm around that long term, mm-hmm. where you have uh, decent uh, credit lines and you're using them responsibility, uh, responsibly. Um, but again, you're not closing them. Now, some credit card exactly. companies, if you haven't used the card in a number of years, they may close it mm-hmm. for you. Um, but uh, you know, the 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 notion around having available credit is really important. And so if you can, and you have that opportunity and you're able to have the right behavior and not sort of get the new shiny card and start spending yeah.
0: it. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a, it's a good strategy.
0: Absolutely. All right. And then the third criteria um, that we should be looking at.
1: Uh, the third criteria is um, the length of your credit history. So right. how long have you had different lines of credit or credit history in general? And again, this goes back to, I think, the earlier to your earlier question, the earlier you start, the better yeah, because uh, it just it's just it's, it's, it's a lot of people describe it as age of account, so the earlier earlier you start it, the better it is for you because uh, again, FICO can go back and when they're building your score, they can see well you know when they they don't actually have your age okay. uh, they don't look at your age, but they can they can see well, this person has had X, y, and Z thing open for three years um, and they started started building credit back then versus someone who just started three months ago. Uh, they won't, it's not enough information. Exactly. No, you know, sorry. It, and it's related to payment history, right? So if you started three months ago and you made three payments on time, well, that's great, but it's different than I'm uh, looking at the same person who did it for 12 months or 24 months.
0: Right. Exactly. It's not, it's not a big enough sample size for them to get a real good idea if that's actually how you're going to behave term. Um, yeah. So that really makes sense. And that's, that's going to be a lot trickier for, for somebody like me or other high school and college students to get started with because you really do just have to get started and, and build that over time. You can't really fix that if you get to the age of 25 or 30 and then realize you want to start building credit and you haven't been. So so that's, that's got to be big too. And just, just getting started early is definitely, seems like the way to go for that one.
1: Yep, absolutely. absolutely.
0: Um, all right, and then moving on to the next one. What are we looking at there?
1: The, number, the, the, the next one really is about... Um, how many new uh, new accounts you've opened recently? Okay, so, um, and it's across the board whether it's uh, installment loans or mortgages or which is a mortgage or credit cards or whatever. What what these guys look at uh, from FICO, what FICO will look at sometimes is, um, hmm, it looks like they just tried to open four different things or three different things in the last thirty days or. Um, three months. That seemed like there's some risk. What is it yeah. that they're trying, trying to access? You know, personal loans is in this too, right? You're trying to access a personal loan for something. Is it just, are they need in a need for cash or is there something happening? It just sort of is a risk factor that they view, which is you don't want to have a flurry of just a bunch of stuff over time. Again, this requires patience, right? When you're starting out, requires a lot of patience that, um, you know, you, while it's good to have different types of accounts open and I'll talk about that in the next one. Um, it also isn't good to necessarily do all of it at once. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because again, the assumption there is you might be a greater credit risk. You might have more obligations that you're all of a sudden taking out. You might have more debt that all of a sudden is going to hit you. And so therefore does that mean you're not going to be able to make your payments?
0: Mm. That, that, that definitely makes sense. And it's, yeah. So it's gotta be important to space those things out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and on that one, one thing to clarify for everyone to, so just to make sure um, everyone understands is there's a difference between what's called a hard credit poll and a soft credit poll. Okay. If you go online and you want to monitor your credit for free, um, that would be a soft credit poll. It's not going to be reflected on your credit report. FICO is not going to see that and ding you for it. Mm-hmm. If you are actually applying for an auto loan or you're actually applying for a credit card, those are hard credit pulls, right? And mm-hmm. so hard credit pulls are what they see as indicators of you're looking for more money or, obliga- uh, you're, you know, creating more obligations through new loans or whatever else it might be.
0: All right. Perfect. Yeah. And that's definitely going to look a lot riskier. So if you're going out and applying for eight different lines of credit, um, that's, that's definitely something that should be reflected there because that like, what, what is that showing? That's showing that you're might be desperate for something or that you're shopping around and yeah. that's generally what banks probably want to see. And then the last one, number five,
1: the last one is kind of what I alluded to. It's it's the type of credit you've got. So, mm-hmm. um, really, there's two major types of credit. There's installment loans and there's re- uh, sorry, installment credit and revolving. Yeah, um, uh, they want to see um, breadth of I guess the the types of credit that are in use to say you can manage your your debt in different different types of debt you're able to manage and make payments on and, and really be able to handle the obligations for. So it represents about 10% of your score. It's not as important as payment history and total dollars outstanding and utilization. Right. But it is important because it may say over time, Hey, it does help you. If you do have one, if you have a credit card and that's all you have, it does help you to have an installment loan, i.e. student loan. Uh, in our case, credit builder loan It shows up as a loan um, uh, or another type of uh, Uh, obligation that is sort of a different type of thing than credit uh, and vice versa, which is why secured credit cards can be good ideas as well. If you have an installment loan in place or you're co signed on installment loan, and then you feel like you can have the opportunity to take out additional type of credit in terms of like a secured card that shows up as a credit card. Um, So um, that can help. And that's a factor that will be in the score.
0: All right, perfect. And then I'll be sure to uh, include some resources in the, in the show notes for this episode as well. on on learning more about each of those categories because it's really important to know what actually goes into your scores that you can actually make moves to improve that because a lot of people they're not really sure what they should even be doing to improve their credit score they know it's an important thing but but laying out these five key categories it's really really essential and it's essential that you have a good understanding of all of these um so before we go i want to ask you a couple more questions that i like to ask all of my guests um, on the more sort of personal side and then we will wrap it up for today so the first of which is, how do you actually stay motivated? So I know you're working with this with this newer company. Um, there's probably a lot going on there. So how do you stay motivated to get after it each and every day?
1: Uh, well, I've got three kids at home. All right. <laughs> uh, and uh, I really love being in a situation where, of course, I'm, I want to take care of my family. Um, I've learned a lot in through... Through my life of sort of from and even back the story of building credit, getting a credit card, making mistakes, yeah. uh, trying to get approved for things, right? Um, and certainly through life stages of having a family and building a family long term and now, and, you know, long term thinking about retirement. Uh, uh, what motivates me is taking care of being financially secure and take care of my family. The second thing though is that, um, um, I really believe in the mission that we have at self lender because there are so many people that need help that need education that are not getting served by banks. Absolutely. Uh, And, um, um, I've had an opportunity to work in a lot of different companies in in my career, but I really believe in the mission that we've got. I feel like there's just such a really powerful thing. And we hear such great stories from, um, from a lot of people who who have gone through our program and, and have used our, Credit builder account and have seen their scores improve, and it's opened up new doors for them and it's helped them save money. Um, It's amazing, and that's what really motivates me in terms of kind of what I'm working on on a daily basis because the story is a it affects everybody. You know, credit affects everybody, and there's too many people that are um, get lost in the system that aren't going to be you know, the, it's not the wealthy people that are making all the money for the banks. It's, it's everybody who's doing all the work that really powers the country. And I feel like that's, what's really exciting.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Um, how, as far as, as far as books go, I'm really fascinated with which, with which books people are are reading and which books are having a big impact on people. I really, I really enjoy reading myself. So what are a few books that have really had a pretty, pretty significant impact in your life that could be either financially or just in general?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, well, I, I, I read all the Game of Thrones books. Okay. <laughs> that didn't really have an impact on my life other than it was entertaining. Yeah, um, that must have been a
0: commitment, though.
1: It was. It was quite a commitment. Uh, you know, four and five are kind of slogs. If I'm a- <laughs> um, I haven't. Uh, uh, for me, there's a, there's a book called Coach by yeah. Mike. Lewis. Um, Michael Lewis is a famous writer. He's done some of the movies that come out recently, like the big short were written by Michael Lewis. Okay. Coach is about, uh, it's it kind of perfect in my life with, the, with my family. So it's really inspirational quotes and thoughts really on kind of how to be a better, better dad. Um, so that's, that's kind of one of the, the more influential ones for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, I would say that, um, I have really uh, from a career perspective, there's a lot of really good branding books. There's sort of books on um, there's a book called good to great, which is about, uh, Yep. which is a, a really good book on terms of, you know, there's good companies, but then what is it about the culture of really amazing companies and amazing, amazing cultures and workforces where you can really build. Um, um, I would say places where people enjoy working and enjoy doing, enjoy that. Like like you said, daily motivation, kind of how they, how they build and what is different about them. And so that's one that's always stuck with me that I really liked a lot um, from on the business side of things. Um, uh, um, But, you know, I tend to read, um, you know, right now, tend to read a lot of sort of how to be a better dad books.
0: Perfect. I mean, that's topical. (laughs) That's topical. All right. Um, One more question before, well, a couple more questions, two more questions. First of which, um, any habits, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well Again, that could be financial habits or just lifestyle habits in general.
1: Um, yeah, I would say that um, I have established a, a few piece, a few habits. One would be that I don't sacrifice uh, my own time to be able to to uh, um, try to be healthy and fit. Right? For example, working out or running or getting some kind of cardio or something like that. I have specific times, no matter what's going on, where Three to four times a week, I'm doing that because if if I feel better personally, then it just is better in every other aspect of my life. So um, that's one. Um, uh, My wife and I a long time ago just decided to be uh, a lot more focused on our eating habits and sort of having the right, um, thinking about the right things because we are obviously also trying to kind of foster that in our kids. Yeah. I would say, um, uh, and then I would say the third thing that's kind of a big piece for me is sort of a... I wouldn't call it meditation necessarily, but, uh, sort of a daily reflection, Mm. uh, which is, can sometimes be, I'm listening to a podcast, for example, and it's something that's different than what, where my brain has thought about all day. Um, sometimes it literally is hardly anything at all, or it might be just some music or something like that, but just sort of time, which, you know, tends to be sometimes while commuting or driving somewhere, but, um, or just at home where I just kind of have that downtime and kind of, um, can try to, um, reflect on sort of the things that happened during that day. Um, and the fourth thing, sorry, I'll add to this is putting my phone down. Mm. And, um, I've gotten better about it, but I think, um, you know, really connecting in person with the people in my life that I want to connect with and putting the phone down and not having to check the scores or check the email or whatever else it is. Cause I, um, I think that's a kind of a larger problem that our society has right now, but I, yeah. you know, you know, you can connect with people online, you can connect with people in person. And so how do you manage those two? for me, I've kind of created a habit of just literally putting it down and kind of being there.
0: Yeah, I dig that a lot. And some days I'll just I'll just put my phone in like a drawer and I'll just leave it there for the entire day because I just want to be take some time to really be present, center myself and, and really just establish what what I'm what I'm doing and what what my goals are, where I'm trying to get. So I think it's yeah. really big and, and just disconnecting um, is really, really essential. So the last question I want to ask you is where can people find out more about you, Self Lender, what you guys are all about, and really get some more resources in order to to start making that process of building their credit?
1: So, uh, number one is just go to um, selflender.com and you'll find on our website, we we have information around the product and what credit builder loans are and what it is that we're offering to consumers. The other thing is, um, we do have a, a sort of a personal finance blog that has a lot of content about how to manage your credit, think about your finances, and stuff like that, so there's a really good educational piece to that. Um, if you don't feel like going on the web, we do have apps in uh, uh, iOS and Google Play, so you can always get down on our app if you want as well. Um, uh, that's where the, the majority of our stuff is right now, and that's where you can always ask questions. We do have a customer success team that is always on and have, that can answer questions as well. Um, but, you know, I would start I would start with, with that and I also just start with taking the time and doing your own research and think about how you can build credit, what are ways you can build credit and how you can create a, a really healthy financial lifestyle that long-term will really pay off. Uh, Perfect. The amount of money you can save by having a good score. Um, we actually have a calculator on our site right now that can tell you that over the course of your lifetime, it could be worth $300,000 to have a good credit score. Wow. Wow.
0: Uh, that's that's big. That's really, really big. Um, well, Brett, thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I definitely wouldn't have, have you guys on the show if I didn't really believe in the mission that you guys were on. And, and I know I talk a lot about, about how to start building credit and why building credit is important on, on both the podcast and the YouTube channel. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to come here and give some education to our listeners, because I think you, you really brought some value here. And, and I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely think we helped out, we helped out some people here and you did with your knowledge today. So thank you very much for that.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for sticking around with the podcast today. I hope you got a ton of value out of this. Um, it was really great to hear from Brett on, on how to build credit. And even if you guys are familiar with the basics of building credit, I'm sure there was something in this episode that did bring you some value. I know I personally wasn't familiar with the credit builder loans. I know that's primarily what they do at Self Lender, but I, I didn't even know there was a thing. I really thought when it came to building credit at a ground level, it was credit cards, and that was really the only way you could go. But I guess credit builder loans seem like a pretty decent option for some people. And I might have to look more into those at some point in the future. But right now, credit cards are serving me pretty well, I have to say. Well, before you guys go i have a couple of free resources to direct you to the first of which is my youtube channel which is one of the avenues where you might have found this podcast the other avenues would be uh it's just called young smart money it's on spotify itunes stitcher all those good places uh, but my youtube channel it's just apple crater my name you can check that out for uploads three to five times a week those are on entrepreneurship personal finance and uh, building credit additionally my website apple you can find a ton of free resources and, and just ways to better yourself all for free over there. Lastly is my Instagram account. So that's kind of blowing up lately. That's where I've been putting a lot of time and attention. We're putting out three valuable pieces of content every single day, no motivational quotes, none of that rah, rah, jazz. Um, it's all completely informational jam packed every single day. We're coming at you with a ton, a ton of content. that's it's really blowing up over there. So if you want to be a part of it there, definitely, definitely check that out as well. Anyways, guys, have a wonderful Tuesday. I will see you on Friday.